Eli Delaney is I live and breathe, man. How you been? I've been doing good. It's lots of crazy stuff going on in the world. That's for sure. <laughs> How are your kids? How are you? My daughter is doing awesome. She is going crazy uh, with me. Um, I got a lot of hectic stuff, some business stuff changing, looking at potentially moving soon. I mean, there's no potential about it. I am moving. It's just more of a date as to when I'm moving, all that kind of stuff. All right. All right. Inquiring minds want to know, where are you moving to? Dallas. Really? Down to Dallas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Business community is phenomenal down there. And mm -hmm. plus I like warmer weather. Um, they actually have a real hockey team. So, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> all right. So here's, here is the, um, well, I guess let's do the intro. Okay. Eli, who are you and where are you from originally? <laughs> All right. So, well, originally I'm from Boise, Idaho, right. um, born and raised there, went to a small, tiny school town outside of Boise. Um, once I got older, I realized it was way too small for me, ended up in Phoenix for 18 years, um, actually started in the rock and roll business. That's actually what led me down there. Um, I did behind the scenes. I started off in audio, ended up going to lighting, did staging stuff. Um, I've had a lot of fun in that arena. You know, I've got my, one of my claim to fame is if you're old school rush fan, uh, you're old enough to know rush nowadays. I, oh. I mentioned rush and people are like, huh, who's that? Huh? Subdivisions, um, limelight. Yeah. yeah. But I was actually Getty Lee spotlight operator. So I had a lot of fun with that. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. My claim to fame is that I, I was 35 feet above the stage sweating on Getty Lee's head during his concert. <laughs> um in the middle of the Arizona sun. yeah <laughs> yeah awesome. it was it was fun it was a good it was a good time I had a blast with it but as you can know it's the rock and roll world my boss had some recreational habits and um, it affected my paycheck and you can fill in the blanks oh. on all that and so I ended up moving on got into the computer side of things worked for a small mom and pop computer shop in Phoenix uh learned the ins and outs of how to build how to repair all that kind of fun stuff and we were also a small internet provider and I learned the ins and outs of that which led to me actually doing some websites and went out on my own started my first company which is web and graphic design agency and had a blast with that went from working out of my dining room knowing nothing to opening up an office that had five employees closing three to five contracts a week killing it and then I realized I didn't want to go to an office and I didn't like having employees because it was like babysitting cats on co cocaine and I did not <laughs> like it at all so <laughs> wait I, I would have thought you at least went the catnip route but you like skipped three levels and went straight to cocaine <laughs> yeah have you had employees before yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so so yeah it was pretty bad um but then I was also realized that I had gone to I started getting into internet marketing stuff and actually went to a conference in the Phoenix area and met my first mentor and it's a guy by the name of Armin Morin. And okay. he did, um, he did internet marketing stuff. The funny thing is he's up on stage, he's talking about his story and telling, you know, what he did. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. I bought that program. I bought that program. I didn't realize who it was. I just know I bought the program. I didn't realize who the person creating it was. And so I was actually a customer of his before I had ever known that. But I see him on stage. There's about 400 people in the room and he is having a, he's, he's funny. He's making people laugh. He's teaching them stuff, like literally teaching them stuff that they can walk out and do that night. Right. And not just a, not just a lecture telling a story, you know? Right. And at the, and I, I'm looking at that and I'm like, that's what I want to do. 
and I and I instantly knew it. And the funny thing is, at the end, of course, he sells his two thousand dollar coaching program. Sure. And I would say three quarters of the room stood up and went to the back of the room that day. Wow. And I'm like, yep, confirmed. This is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah. yeah. So I got into the speaking side of things. I started doing that. Funny thing was that, you know, I was in the rock and roll world. I grew up actually as a musician, but the reason I got mm -hmm. into the behind the scenes stuff was because I had stage fright, which yeah, go, really? fi go figure. Yeah. Uh, go figure fast forward all these years. And I ended up becoming a speaker and I love it. Um, but so that's kind of my backstory right now. I, I have a blast with what I do. I coach clients, oh, helping yeah. them how to build follow-up systems. Like speaking on stage is one piece, but it doesn't matter what you do for your business. You got to talk to people. Most important thing in the world, you've got to meet people. You've got to talk to them, build relationships and know that the sale is going to come when it's ready, not necessarily today. And so I help Very people true. build the systems that make that work. I've literally had a guy um, September 16th, 2020 emails me and says, Hey, Eli, I want to thank you for everything you've done, helping me out the last couple of years that I've been on your list. Uh, my son's got a construction company. I'm wondering if you can help me out. And I was like, well, of course, and starts a whole dialogue back and forth. But I go back to my, my CRM, my, my database, essentially, I'm like, mm -hmm. what does he mean by a couple of years? He'd actually seen me speak in Scottsdale, Arizona, July 3rd, 2010, 10 years and three months later, He's coming back to me to refer a son's business to me. So that's awesome. Yeah. The fortune is in the follow-up. Okay. You've oh, heard yeah. the phrase. Yeah. That's what it's about. Wow. So that's that's my back end story. Um, that's all the business stuff. What else you want to know? <laughs> well, you know, okay. So you have uh, you have dogs, don't you? Until recently. Sadly, yes. they just passed away in the last couple months. Oh, I'm sorry. I, um, I'm very sorry. Now your daughter is grooming. Yes, she is a groomer. She's she a groomer. has spent her entire life, um, with animals. She yeah. originally, she, uh, originally started, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of the timeline. If she did the, the training or the dog walking first, at one point she had her own business doing dog walking. Oh. Um, and that, that worked for a while, but she was really, it was mostly the dealing with the people didn't do as well with her. It's like dogs are great, but you have to deal with the human beings. Um, then she got into grooming and ran into the same thing. She's like, the training is more of the humans, not the dogs. And that just doesn't work. The dogs are great, but the humans can't, can't be trained. So she got out of that. She got into grooming and she, that's even when we were still living in Phoenix, which was, you know, well, we moved here 10 and a half years ago, something like that. And she yeah. had already been grooming, grooming for a couple of years. So she's, she's doing her thing. She's went out on her own. Um, she, she still kicks, she still yells and screams every time she realizes that she actually learned stuff from me from the marketing side and how to run a business, which is hilarious, but she's done really well with it. She's completely got her own business and she's, she's booked three months out. So she does, she's doing something right. Well, okay. So I believe <laughs> if I recall a prior conversation correctly, didn't she publish something really cool? She did publish a book as well. Uh, everything your dog groomer wants you to know or wants par pet parents to know. Um, yeah. So basically as a groomer, all the things that you as the owner of your animal um, should know 
in order to have a good experience and make sure that the experience for your dog is the best. Because a lot of times the humans don't understand everything that goes into grooming. They just think, oh, you're just taking oh. them in. It's just a haircut. It's just a bath. There, there's a lot more to it than that. And sure. we're also, you know, you're dealing with the psychology of an animal that's not quite as, well, that's debatable before I say this, is, you know, not quite as evolved as humans. I will say that's debatable, definitely. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, she's, and so she put this into a lot of her story of, of how she learned some of the things she did and how to deal with the psychology issues, um, things that people need to know on, you know, in between dog grooming, what do you need to do to maintain your animal to, to make sure that they're in good shape and they well, don't every dog's different. Like yeah. They are. Yeah. Every breed is different. They've got different personalities. They've got different mm -hmm. types of skin, all the different things. A lot of people think it's hot. Let's shave our dogs. That's actually one of the worst things you can do. Um, depending on the coat, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because our coats are there to actually protect them. And so you could actually give them sunburn and destroy their skin if you're not. And that's just like one example. And she's, she wrote a whole book on it. So she's very proud of it. I'm very proud of her. She's done some pretty amazing stuff. So your entrepreneurial bent and success mm -hmm. has rubbed off on your daughter so, much to her dismay she, she drives <laughs> her nuts but yeah it has <laughs> so let me ask you a question right mm -hmm. um dad quote of the day our purpose is to celebrate great dads and uh, that's what just what we love doing okay yeah. so what good or bad because mm -hmm. i learned a lot of bad and i learned a lot of good <laughs> uh from my dad you know so but from your dad good and bad, what did you learn? How has it helped you to become a great dad? I think a big one is work ethic. Yeah. That really is it. Um, more than anything else, because he, he was, he's always, he was always a hard worker. You know, he's retired now, um, but he was always a hard worker. And he was, uh, he's definitely, one thing I can say that I learned from him is probably on the opposite side was um, learn to control your emotions because he, he wasn't as great at that. So there were times where he went through different jobs. Um, but the, the biggest thing was his, his work ethic was next, next to none. And it's like, he's the one that was always there making sure that things got done. And if something did, wasn't getting done and needed to, he was the first one to pick it up and do it. How do you think that has impacted your success directly, like in, in how you've overcome different challenges and life choices that you've made and things like that? Well, the first thing is I don't come from an entrepreneur family. So, okay. you know, my, both of my parents were, were blue collar workers and my mom worked for Boise State. My dad worked for Career Services, a couple of different companies there. Um, and the one thing I found was that when I was working for other people and even hearing them, they would talk about something going on at work and they were like, okay, you know, they want us to do this and this and this, but this would be so much better. And of course, then, then you have the boss who says, no, we're going to do it my way. Cause that's, cause I'm the boss and they would come home yeah. so frustrated with that. And, and this, and I, I remember hearing this over and over again. And then for me going into the workforce, I had a lot of problems with that. I did, I shifted through a lot of jobs and a lot of it was because of that same kind of thing. And I finally got my last quote unquote job that I had was, um, it was for a web design agency 
before I went out on my own completely. I'd actually kind of in between, I tried and didn't quite make it. So I went and got another job, hmm. but I, it was just, it was time and time again. It was like, no, I, I know you want to do it this way, but it's not going to work. Here's why it's not going to work. But if we do this instead, that'll make it better and it will work. And they're like, no, 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 I'm the boss. Do it the way I say to And then, you know, sales didn't come in, checks started bouncing, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And eventually it was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Right. I have to do my own thing. I have to make my own decisions because I have gone through multiple jobs and literally I was never fired from any of them. I quit them because I saw them going downhill and many of them literally did close after I left. And I was just like, if, if you're not going to listen to my ideas and I, and I always come from a place of, I don't think this is going to work. This is why. And here's the solution. Cause that's one thing as a, as an entrepreneur. And if you're, no matter where you are in business, honestly, and, and if you're, even if you're as an employee, number one key, I always say, don't just disagree, but disagree, explain why, and have a solution. Absolutely. That's the key. Yeah. Well, and, so and I want to add key. to that, mm -hmm. that, so I was having a conversation with one of my daughters earlier and I had said, you know, I've got this idea about you girls interviewing other kids and just talking mm -hmm. bad stories. You know, what's my dad like and yeah. things like that. And just creating some content that would right. help, I don't know, inspire kids or maybe even dads would take lessons from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, the point she started to make was that she thought it could work but the way she began it was looking at the negatives instead of first looking at the positives uh -huh. and so of course i'm looking at the positive i'm thinking right what you know how well could this happen and how well could we affect the lives of dads by getting kid feedback mm -hmm. kid to kid conversation right and then talk about the obstacles that we have to overcome so basically we came at it from two completely opposite mm -hmm. directions but it's the right. same point and of course yeah. we disagreed about that that was that there was that friction. Right. And that happens all the time when you're talking to an employer or a boss mm -hmm. manager, whatever the case be, and they have their way of wanting to do something, right. not being flexible enough. Right. When you, um, have you ever, do you, okay, let me back up. <laughs> Working with your daughter. Yep. Do you recall any times when that conversation occurred with her where you basically said, of course, they have their own way of doing something, but approach it in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very actually, actually, yeah, multiple times. Um, re more recently, before she completely went out on her own, she was working for somebody else. Um, and it was kind of, it was still a kind of an in-between situation, but not quite fully 100% independent yet. And the, the person who, the boss essentially, just there were some things that they just weren't doing that didn't make any sense and they were frustrating her i'm like and so she's coming to me mostly to vent more than anything else <laughs> yeah um which is cool that's then <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that but i would go back and like okay have you said this you might want to approach this way yeah because as a business owner here's probably the type of thing that's going through her head and so some of those kind of things, and some of it she does, some of it she doesn't. She, sometimes she takes bits and pieces. There's, there are their kids. So, you know, and, and, I, and I look at this with anybody nowadays. I've gotten old enough now that it's like, I've, if, I, if you want my advice, I'm happy to share it with you. I'm trying to give you suggestions. 
uh, take it or leave it, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And so we kind of do that with her too. Um, because half the time, you know, as your, as your kids, they're going to do exactly the opposite anyway. So it doesn't really matter, but no, she's actually done really good with that. And I, and I like to, we can have those conversations and the cool thing for me, and it's, to me, it's makes me proud that she'll come to me with those kind of things going, okay, this is what's going on. Here's what I'm thinking about saying, what do you think? And that was actually something that came to me even just recently, just in the last month or two months um, as of this recording. Um, she was had a situation. She was like, she actually sent me, like it was a reply to, I think it, it might've even been like a snarky customer or something. Um, somebody that really should just be pushed away anyway, because they were not a very nice, pleasant person. Uh, but they, yeah, they, I mean, we always have those, those, those exist. But she actually came to, she came to me and said, this is what I'm thinking about responding with. Can you take a look at it? And so I did. And, you know, I was like, okay, this is good. And there's a couple little tiny changes, but she did really good with it. And there's, a, there's another one. I'm like, that is perfect. Don't change it. You know, so she, she'll run stuff by that for, by me even now, um, because, you know, whether it's not really intentional, but I think it's with a lot of experience over the years. Um, a lot of times I can see things at a more objective standpoint sure, and I always sense. try to be that way as, as a human being, I try to run things from an objective role. And so it's taught me to be that way where a lot of people can't. It's one thing I have to say, uh, I'm very, I'm very proud of being able to do that because yeah. I, it is difficult sometimes. Um, Our biases come to always get in the way, you know? So she'll come to me with stuff like that, which is, which is cool. And I, I love it because it gives me a chance to, you know, try to help her out in a way without being an overbearing parent. You know, it's like, yeah, here's, here's what I would suggest. Give that a try. Let me know what you think. You know. So let me ask you a question. If you had a young man who was a new dad, relatively new dad, like mm -hmm. you've got kids somewhere in the first, I don't know, four, five, six years of life. Okay. Or even somebody, who, I mean, your daughter is 20s? No, she's 30. Really? Yep. Dude, I never knew you were that old. <laughs> Most people don't. I, to be frank, you always struck me as if you were in your like late 40s. Okay. And I've known you for a few years now. So, okay. <laughs> um, I just feel like I'm getting older. Uh, so We all are. It's uh, okay. If we had a new dad <laughs> and we sit him down. Yep. And um, unsolicited advice for just having a conversation. What might be, right. I don't know, a few pieces of advice or maybe one key piece that you'd say, do this and you'll live happily ever after without a magic wand. Well, there's, there's no such thing as that. So that would be the first <laughs> bit of advice right there is there yeah. is no such thing as, as the happily ever after you're, you're, you will mess up as a parent. It's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. That's just reality because we, every, every adult is different. Every parent is different and every kid is different and the world changes so much. And you're, and you're dealing with so many factors, even outside of your control from their friends to the school, to what's going on in the news, everything. So there is no perfection. There's no way to create perfection in being a parent. My number one piece of advice, always remember they're a kid, but treat them like a sentient being. Don't, sure. don't coddle them. 
Don't try to shy them away from things. Let them experience. And when you talk to them, don't talk to them in baby talk. Talk to them like a person because they are a person and they're going to react and they're going to grow into the person that you treat them like. Right. One thing about my daughter is we always treated her as a human being. Even when, she, if she's eight, she's throwing a temper tantrum. Our conversations were, okay, why are we doing this? What's going on? Say what you need to say. Yeah. And let's hash this out. And, and, and there will be times where you'll lose your cool and you're, 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 you'll be wanting to pull your hair out. Um, hey, hey, hey. I, I, I wasn't going to make the reference. I yeah. thought about it, but I wasn't going to. So you went there. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even from a young age, I always just treated her. I treated her not, not as an equal, but kind of. I treat her just like a person. Just like yeah. a person, not, I, not as I have to be the adults and you have to do what I say because you are the child type of thing. Yeah. There are times where it's like, no, do what I said, quit arguing with me. Um, that's the parent <laughs> side. But yeah. for the most part, you know, we're having conversations and it's just, I don't, I never sugarcoated anything. I didn't hide anything. I just treat her like a human being. And I'll, I'll tell you, she's turned out to be one of the most amazing human beings I've ever seen. You know, there's, she, she can lose her cool just like everybody else does, but for the most part, she does very well. She has been amazing at talking to people. It's funny because, you know, her, her abilities to communicate alone make me proud because she's the person that she gets like her customers, they are repeat customers and they are there for life. You know, that is because they love how she treats them. They, she knows how to talk to them. They know how to talk to her. Um, she knows how to treat their dog. She pays attention to those details. Um, I mean, even her first real job was working for a, uh, a small coffee shop. Well, even actually before that, she worked for a paintball place. She wasn't, she paintball? shouldn't even supposed to be working. Yeah. Paintball. Uh, she paid, she ran the cashier, she her cash register. Um, <laughs> And the funny thing about it was she learned, oh, it was one of the first things that she did. She was 15. Yeah, she was 15. She wasn't even actually supposed to be working there, but the, the owner was like, yeah, I'll pay her to come. She's smarter than all those guys are anyway. Let me bring her <laughs> and the funny thing is she had, she had them all under her thumb. She was, she was getting these, all these boys, which of course, you know, she's a cute little girl. And so of course the boys are following around anyway. She had them doing all the chores, all the stuff they're supposed to be doing. She delegated 90% of her own work to these other guys and got it done. When it was their job, they would never would even do it. The boss loved her. I bet. You know, because <laughs> they she got stuff done. But oh, yeah. that was because I, I taught her how to communicate with other people yeah. and how to hold yourself. You know, it's funny. Um, and I think this is really appropriate for this. A friend of mine um, years ago in his when his daughter was born, he, he actually called me up. He goes, okay, dude, I don't know what to do here because I, I have a daughter and I, I don't know what to do with a girl. And it was hilarious because, um, because Morgan, <laughs> I don't remember how old Morgan was at the time, um, but he knew she turned out really good. She was still fairly young, but um, 
he's calling me up and I'm like, okay, dude, here's, I'm going to tell you exactly what you do. You teach her to be, to stand up for herself. You teach her to be a respectable human being and definitely throw in teaching her sarcasm because it will save her in so many situations. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to be honest with you. And I tell, I have other people because, because <laughs> my daughter is a pretty girl and I've had problems. I mean, since she was 15, I've had people like, Oh, she's going to be a lot of trouble. You know, give it, give it another year. She's going to be a lot of trouble. I'm like, no, she's not. I'm not worried about it at all. Um, to be perfectly honest, you know what I, I'm worried about? I'm worried about the first guy that wants to be her boyfriend. <laughs> that that poor kid is going to be in a world of hurt. <laughs> and I have never, never had an ounce of fear. Her. Not once. She can hold herself like you would not believe. She is strong. She is <laughs> she is witty like you wouldn't believe. Really? Um, I mean, you, you, you've. You and I've talked, so you you right. know my sarcasm when it kicks in. Um, I, I don't know if that. you know this, but sarcasm mm -hmm. is a spiritual gift. It is. It's a way of life sometimes. Um, <laughs> and she's, I mean, she is just sharp. And, and it's great. And the funny thing is, you know, from my standpoint, growing up around that, it was great because she scared everybody away. I didn't have to worry about any boys. <laughs> she scared them away. And so it's like, it's hilarious because I just, I taught him, I, I told him, I'm like, just teach her to, you know, sarcasm is a good tool to use to have fun with it, but it, it will, it will intimidate people who might want to take advantage of her. And it gives her the power to control the situations around her. And when you can give her that, you know, especially for a daughter and it, and it works for both, you know, guys and girls where I've, but especially for a daughter, you give them that skill and they're unstoppable. They're just unstoppable. And that's, to me, that's, that's something I'm very proud of. I, I'm very happy with the way she's turned out. And I've, you know, I'll put her up against anybody any day and she'll, she'll take them down. <laughs> so for new dads, it comes down to be ready for the things you can't be ready for mm -hmm. and yep. teach your kids sarcasm. Yep, pretty much. Start with, start with that, you're good to go. Yep. Start there, the rest of it will just happen. And remember, at some point, they're going to hate you. It happens. Don't yeah. grow out of it. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing is more, uh, nothing is better than being the parent that says, um, I was being here to support you, so I didn't say what I felt but I knew this wasn't going to work the way you wanted it to. So if I had said something back then, right now would be the point when I would say, I told you so, but I didn't say it. So I'm not saying that now. And, and I did then, that to my wife the other day. She glared at me. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did that to Morgan and she said bad words at me. <laughs> it was quite entertaining. And then you said what? I laughed. I uh -huh. just laughed. That's all there was to it. It was great. So uh, she can say whatever she wants. She knows, she knows. That. And the, you know, it really it boils, boils down to, you know, we can, we can have fun with this. And that is very, very important. You have to have fun with it. You have you to, you know, have fun with your kids and have, and it's not a matter of having fun with them as kids, but have fun with 
them, right. no matter what age they're at. Right. It doesn't matter if they're they're three or thirty. You still do the same thing. Morgan and I still we still goof around. We play games. We play card games, and um, we have all kinds of fun conversations. Yeah, and you know, I love her to death. She's she's awesome with that. But at the end of the day, the things that are most important, and these are these are things that for me at home, is teach them these two things kindness and respect yes those two things alone will get them a long long ways because if they can keep that in mind it's it's amazing what they'll overcome i saw my 10 year old do that with a gentleman who was walking into a building as we were walking out i didn't expect her to do that when she did that i just smiled it was awesome all right last question yep uh, I have been the beneficiary of some of your coaching in the past. And um, if you had a dad who was trying to either build a business or get out of the rat race through creating a side hustle and then growing mm -hmm. that, yeah. um, A, how, what would be, I guess, a couple of the key things that you would counsel them to do to lay that foundation? Number two, how could they reach you if they wanted to touch base? Okay. So the first thing, uh, if you're watching this on video, if you're not, then uh, I'll just say it so you have it. Right above my head, it says hashtag meet cool people, okay? That is my mantra. That is what I live by. Meeting cool people is one of my favorite things in the world to do. It may even be the, the, my favorite thing to do. Um, and, and it really boils down to the people that you meet are going to get you anywhere you want. You have to get out there. You have to have conversations. Real conversations create partnerships, relationships, joint venture partners, and of course, sales. And without relationships, without the people, you don't have any of those things. So you got to get in front of more people and more of the right people. And that's the kid, that's the little caveat to it. You got to make sure you're in the right room with the right people. The more people you meet, the, the more opportunities you have. So that is a very, that's like a critical piece. The second thing is look at the number one question for any business. What is the problem you are solving? Don't fall in love with the product because the product may change. Just because you think it's awesome does not necessarily mean that everybody else does. So what is the problem you solve? And then go talk to those people. See what they say. That's more critical than anything else. Don't spend a lot of money on branding, websites, fancy stuff until you have that figured out. Because when you have that figured out, then you'll know when you're in the right place because there's nothing more heartbreaking than seeing an entrepreneur that's put five or 10 grand into their business with their logos and their websites and the, all the stuff come to find out nobody really wanted it. Yeah. Sounded cool, but nobody really wanted it or they just didn't want to pay for it. So that is, that it really is the most important thing. Um, the second, the second thing with that is as you get started, build the database early get some form of CRM system. CRM is a customer relationship manager. It's basically your database of how do you keep track of all the people you meet? Because if you don't have that, you will forget, you will drop the ball. I mean, I've got, my database has over 5,000 people and the mass majority of them are people that I've literally shook hands with. Nice. But I'm never going to remember all those people by myself. My brain is not that big. No, I mean, some people think my head's really big, but my, my brain does not fill as much as people think my head is. I wasn't so. going to go there. 
It's okay. I put that one out there for you. I mean, it's kind of the reverse side of the hair thing, you know? Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> yeah. much. So that is really important is that your database is, that is the lifeblood of your business. And so get a CRM system, start with something. I've got some suggestions. If somebody wants to ask me the questions, I'm happy to talk to them about it. Um, and start storing all that information, all the people you meet, start following up because the fortune is in the follow-up. It really is. You're going to have, you know, I, I shared the story at the very beginning of a guy who came back over 10 years later yeah. to refer his son's business to me. That's huge. Yeah. So people aren't necessarily ready to buy today. They might be some certain, 10% of the people might be ready to buy today. The other 90%, not even. Probably 10% of them will never buy from you. But that 80% in between could Eventually. be anything. It could be from tomorrow to 10, 15 years down the road. So just stay in touch with them. And that's what your database helps you do. So I said that was going to be the last question, but <laughs> the, the one part we didn't get a chance to really answer was how do people reach you? So yes. that, you know, if they want to follow up or even just get to know you, what do they do? Yeah. So easiest way to get a hold of me, connect with Eli.com. And Eli is E-L-Y, not E-L-I. You go to connect with E-L-I, it goes to some, some dude that does commercial real estate in the middle of nowhere, Midwest or something. Um, You're not biased. No, I was so bummed because I always get, when I buy a domain, I got it with both spellings and this guy had the other one. I was like, darn it. What am I going to do now? <laughs> um, uh, he sells real estate of all things. Um, it's not like you can buy it because he needs that. <laughs> yeah, no. And I totally, I totally get that. But connect with Eli.com again with a Y connect with Eli.com. You can, you, if you're interested in the business side of things, you can look at, I've got some free stuff up there. All my social media links are on there, which by the way, connect with me. Uh, live, seriously, whatever, you know, Facebook is usually where I spend the most time, but it doesn't matter what platform. Um, connect with me, but don't just hit the friend request or connect or whatever platform you're using. Send a message with it. Say, you, you know, you heard me on the show because now we have a connection. Now we have something in common. I get on Facebook, I get 10 friend requests a day wow. and many of them will sit there for like 30 days because I'm busy. But if somebody sends me a message and says, Hey, I heard you on the show with Phil, let's do this. You know, now I'm like, okay, we have combination or commonality. So let's do this. Now, I'm, now we're going to start a conversation. So start with that. And, and reality, if, if any of the business stuff actually resonates with you, there's even a spot right there. You can book on my calendar. I am, I'm very approachable. I like having cool conversations. So I, again, I said, meet cool people. I love that conversation. So <laughs> you can book a call with me. It's not a sales pitch. It's just a conversation. And if it leads to potentially working together, that's awesome. But that's not what it's about. Cool. Eli, it's always good to see you, man. It's good to see you too. It's been a while. It has been. Yeah. All right. So let's, we'll sign off. Um, guys, thanks for watching. If you uh, like what we do here, please like, share, and comment below. Appreciate you much. Take care. Bye. Take care, my friend.